Welcome to this week's episode of Grits in the Gospel. I am Reverend Katie Griffiths, uh, and I welcome you this um, to the service for the 25th Sunday of Pentecost. We are nearing a time of Thanksgiving and then Advent, and the new year will be here before we know it. So it's always good to take a moment and take a deep breath and come together in the name of the Lord, and take some time to worship and be still and quiet and hear what God is saying to us through his word. The Lord be with you and also with you. Hear now the words of Psalm 78 verses 1 through 7. Give ear, O my people, to my teaching. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings from the old. Things that we have heard and known, that our ancestors have told us. We will not hide them from their children. We will tell the coming generation the glorious deeds of the Lord and his might and his wonders that he has done. He established a decree in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our ancestors to teach to their children, that the next generation might know them, the children yet unborn, and rise up to tell them to their children, so that they should set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments. As we hear those words of the psalmist, we are open to the parables that we will be reading and studying today in our pursuit of wisdom. Let us now join together in the reciting of the Apostles' Creed. Friends, what do we believe? I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church the communion of saints, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Let us pray. Dear Lord, on this beautiful, rainy fall day, we come to you seeking wisdom so that we may be known to you and by you when we try to enter the feast of heaven. Bless our time together as we hear your word and study it in knowledge and in truth to seek your wisdom together. In the words of Jesus Christ, your son, who taught us to pray, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. 
and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Hear now the words of our gospel lesson today from the gospel according to Matthew. We are in the 25th chapter, verses 1 through 13. Then the kingdom of heaven will be like this. Ten bridesmaids took their lamps and went to meet their, the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. When the foolish took their lamps, they took no, no oil with them. But the wise took flasks of oil with their lamps. As the bridegroom was delayed, all of them became drowsy and slept. But at midnight, there was a shout, Look, here is the bridegroom. Come out to meet him. Then all those bridesmaids got up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise replied, No. There will, be not an, there will not be enough for you and for us. You had better go to the dealers and get some for yourselves. And while they went to buy it, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went with him into the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Later, the other bridesmaids came along saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he replied, Truly I tell you, I do not know you. Keep awake, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. The word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Mary Catherine Bateson, writer and anthropologist, says this of the human experience of finding wisdom. We are not what we know, but what we are willing to learn. Cicero says this of wisdom, For there is assuredly nothing dearer to a man than wisdom, and though age takes away all else, it undoubtedly brings us that. Researchers at Texas A&M have verified that wisdom does indeed come with age. But why is that? Why do we strive for wisdom? How do we know when we are wise? Am I old enough to be wise yet? Wait, don't answer that one. <laughs> Knowledge is something more tangible. I can look in a book and read it and learn things from it. But wisdom seems to be a more intangible endeavor. A layering and piling on of years of knowledge and life experience that leads to wisdom. But true wisdom from God needs more than just experience and knowledge. It requires prayer and study and worship. It requires being open to learning new things and looking to God to teach us and push us to grow in wisdom. I love this example that we see in Matthew that anticipation of something great coming that is worth waiting for. The foolish bridesmaids are not prepared. The foolish bridesmaids have no way to light their lamps, to see the way to the party. The lack of preparation leaves them in the dark, 
and frantically trying to be able to see where they're going. In the end, they get locked out of the feast. They were foolish in their choices. The other set of bridesmaids comes well prepared. Their lamps are ready and they have oil to light them with. And when the delayed bridegroom arrives, they're available to receive the blessing that is the banquet. They have done the work beforehand to prepare themselves for the wedding. They are not locked out. They are given the full chance to be a part of the celebration. They were wise in their choices. I don't know about you, but I want to be on the wise side of things. I want to be prepared. Jesus ends the parable this way, starting in verse 12. But he replied, truly, I tell you, I do not know you. Keep awake, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. Some people see that the last part of the verse is that is the scary part, as the urgent part. But I disagree. For me, the things that the thing that scares me the most is that he tells the foolish people left outside of heaven knocking to get in. I do not know you. Because if we are known to God, we don't care when we're taken to heaven. We do not care what day or hour it is. The wisdom in these verses is knowing that the part we want to avoid is the part where Jesus does not know who we are because we have not been preparing for him. The scary part is when we are not wise. I could not help but be reminded of 1 John with these stories, uh, these bridesmaids, these wise women with their lamps are walking in the light of God. This is from the first chapter of first John verses five through seven. This is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. We will want to be in that group that is known to Jesus, the ones with the well-oiled lamps, the ones with the wise thoughts and deeds, the ones that walk in the light, the ones wise enough and with enough preparation and experience enough to want to be in the light of God so much that they carry it with them wherever they go. I want to be that wise. I've struggled with the sermon this week, not because of the subject matter and not because I'm not a fan of being wise or walking in the light. But part of the lectionary text this week includes text from a book that is found in the Apocrypha, text that our Catholic and Orthodox brothers and sisters use, but we as Protestants typically do not read it all. In fact, it was my first time sitting with this text. 
Well, I do have a lot more thinking and pondering and learning to do about how the Apocrypha fits in with our scriptures. I'm very intrigued by the depiction of wisdom in the text. But I like to look at things from all different perspectives and learn and grow and maybe gain a little wisdom. See what I did there? <laughs> and if nothing else, just like other works of literature that are thought-provoking, I want to bring it before you. I think there are many parallels to the scriptures, and I think it is good to look at all kinds of writing to help get a full picture of faith. So let's listen to the verses from the Wisdom of Solomon. Chapter 6, verses 12 through 16. Wisdom is radiant and unfading. And she is easy, easily discerned by those who love her and is found by those who seek her. She hastens to make herself known to those who desire her. One who rises early to seek her will have no difficulty, for she will be found sitting at the gate. To fix one's thought on her is perfect understanding, and one who is vigilant on her account will soon be free from care because she goes about seeking those worthy of her and she graciously appears to them in their paths and meets them in every thought. The beginning of wisdom is the most sincere desire for instruction and concern for instruction is love of her. And love of her is keeping of her laws and giving heed to her laws and assurance of immortality. And immortality brings one near to God. So the desire for wisdom leads to a kingdom. There are several thing in, things in this text that really speak to me and parallel what Matthew and 1 John tell us. First, I like that we as believers have a responsibility to finding and receiving wisdom. Just like the bridesmaids had to prepare and gather supplies and be ready, this text suggests that we are to actively seek and desire the wisdom of God. There's work to do. There's a responsibility for us to live into. We have to get oil and fill our lamps to show that we want to find wisdom. That wisdom will lead to being brought into the feast of heaven and being known by God. I like the idea of that wisdom as willing and wanting to make herself known to everyone that wants to know her. Our Matthew parable does not say that there was a finite amount of oil or that only a few would be allowed into the feast. It is only because the brides that they were not let in or known to Jesus. If we do that, verse 16 tells us she goes out seeking those worthy of her and she graciously appears to them in their paths and meets them in every thought. If we are vigilant and take the time to get the oil for our lamps and prepare ourselves for heaven, wisdom who some scholars see as the Holy Spirit, will come in and graciously meet us. I don't know about you, but I want that. 
I don't want Jesus to say he doesn't know me. I want Jesus to seek me out and show me the path and join me on that journey to heaven. The last verses of the Book of Wisdom parallel what the wise bridesmaids find at the wedding feast. An assurance of immortality. An assurance that Jesus will welcome us into the feast and not close the door and tell us we are not known. Immortality brings one near to God, so the desire leads to a kingdom. I want that. I want wisdom. I'm willing to do the work and study and seek to be wise and prepared. If I get to join my balcony saints in the feast of heaven, being wise is not easy. Wisdom is hard to attain or even to fully define. Wisdom takes time and effort and experience. But as one of my favorite sayings tells us, nothing worth having is easy. It shows dedication and honor when we strive to work for something. I like to joke that I'm older than most of the children I'm in class with. In fact, I'm older than a lot of their parents. I like to joke that these wrinkles around my eyes are because I've laughed a lot over my years. But I like to think that they're also an outward sign of this wisdom that I have gained from the experiences I have had. I like to think that the bridesmaids that were prepared and brought enough oil were the ones, the ones that knew the bridegroom could not be relied on to be on time. I like to think that even though I have a lot left to learn, that maybe, just maybe, I'm a little bit wise. I've quoted my favorite book before, The Boy, The Mole, The Fox, and The Horse. My Charlie Maxie is a beautiful book written for children, but with wisdom for us all. In it, the mole says this to the boy. Most of the old moles I know wish they had listened less to their fears and more to their dreams. A wise notion indeed. Instead of being afraid of the day and the time, in our waking and in our dreams, let us all work to be prepared for the coming of the bridegroom. So that when it is our turn to join the feast, no matter when or where that is, Jesus will look to us and know us because we have sought the wisdom and knowledge to help us know him. Amen. As we go throughout our week, let us find ways to seek the knowledge and the experience that we need to gain the wisdom to bring the oil to the feast so we can see God and be known by him. Because in life, in death, in life beyond death, God is with us. We are not alone. Thanks be to God. Amen.